Welcome to Rag Back. My name's Frank Burton, a.k.a. Lazarus Newman. Back where I belong, people. Thanks, but no thanks to my Uncle Claude. You know, people often describe this show as being a little bit strange, and I take that as a compliment. But I think episode 25 helped to demonstrate something. In my family, I'm actually the normal one. I'll tell you a little story about my family shortly after this.
For a few days, when I was nine or ten years old, my dad was a suspect in a murder case. Bad luck on his part, wrong place, wrong time, that sort of thing. He was taken in for questioning. The press were having a field day with the gruesome details of the case. And while my dad was being grilled by the cops, there were journalists camped outside our house who'd fire intrusive questions at us whenever we popped outside. My mum decided to keep me off school for the time being. Confined to the house, I started getting really bored. So bored that I took it upon myself to try some homeschooling. I'd already figured out what I wanted to do when I grew up. I wanted to be a writer. I was developing a sense that I was the sort of person who perceived the world in ways in which other people did not. I noticed things. So I started writing down some of the things I'd been noticing. Why did dustbins always smell the same, regardless of what was thrown into them? Why did round trees fruit gums stick to your teeth so much? I know these observations weren't destined to win me the Pulitzer, but it was a start. One afternoon, I joined my mum in the living room. She was drinking neat gin and watching a daytime soap opera. There was some kind of dinner party scene. I looked at my mum's glass and compared it to the glasses in the hands of the fictional characters on screen. I had a kind of eureka moment. I dashed back up to my bedroom and wrote it all down. For the first time, I felt like I'd written something ready-made for an audience. This wasn't just for my own entertainment anymore. But where would I find an audience? I was a 10-year-old boy in the early 1990s. The internet hadn't taken off yet. I needed to seek out some followers in the real world. It wasn't until that evening when I took a peep through the closed blinds and remembered about the gaggle of journalists lurking on the other side of the garden fence. They were pacing around restlessly, itching to go home after another wasted afternoon. Now was my chance. I grabbed hold of my notebook, made a couple of last-minute additions and crossings out before venturing out onto the front lawn. I whistled to grab their attention. The journalists turned round, surprised to see me, standing there unsupervised. Have you ever noticed, I called out, you never see anyone drinking white wine on TV. It's always a large measure of red. You know why that is? I figured it out. White wine is too transparent. In a certain light, it looks like they're drinking water. And the whole purpose of using a wine glass as a prop in the first place is to provide a convenient visual indicator that the characters are relaxing or enjoying themselves in a social setting. But it's not as simple as that, because it still doesn't explain why TV characters drink red wine instead of having a pint of beer, a far more popular beverage in the real world, the absence of which cannot be explained by the white wine principle. A beer glass is immediately identifiable as an alcoholic beverage, but in television land, its main signifier is one of social class. We do see beer being consumed 
by fictional characters on TV, but only by the working class characters, the lovable ones anyway, you know, salt of the earth types. It's not the tipple of choice for the criminals, the gangsters, the lowlifes. They're spirit sippers, usually whiskey. White spirits wouldn't work. Again, they're too transparent. I'd be tempted to say whiskey is used as a symbol of social class too, but that's far from the case. Have you noticed who else drinks whiskey, knocking it back in hefty great swigs at three in the afternoon? Businessmen, the super rich. No red wine for these guys. Too sophisticated, too ladylike. For businessmen and gangsters alike, whiskey is a symbol of strength, of power. It was at that moment that my mother took me gently by the shoulder. I couldn't tell you how long she'd been standing behind me, but clearly she'd heard enough. Inside, she said softly but firmly. A guy with a TV camera had been filming the whole thing, but I didn't make it onto the news. The incident went unreported in the papers. Anyway, they caught the guy who did the murder. Nothing to do with my old man. He was released without charge. A couple of weeks later, I received a letter from one of the journalists. His name was Dennis Gleason. He's dead now. But anyway, Dennis wrote, Dear Frank, I'd like you to know that I enjoyed your unexpected monologue. Clearly you're a highly articulate and insightful individual for a person of your age. No doubt you have a fine career as a writer or public speaker ahead of you. In the meantime, keep honing your skills. I would have loved to have turned your observations into some kind of feature, but given the circumstances, this was not deemed to be appropriate. You may be pleased to hear that since hearing your monologue, We've started playing a game in our office called Spot the White, where players score points each time they successfully spot a transparent alcoholic drink being used in a fictional setting. 20 points for vodka, 50 points for white wine. The rules are becoming increasingly specific. Champagne doesn't count. It's the go-to drink for celebration scenes. The score becomes void if the character clearly names the drink, so for example 007's Vodka Martini scores nil point. So I suppose I'm writing to thank you for giving us our game, which has spread to at least four other offices that I know of. I wrote back to Dennis, thanking him for the compliment, and included some, in hindsight, dreadful poetry that I composed. It was the start of a long-lasting pen friendship. Until things got a little bit weird. But I'll tell you about that another time. Let's just have some more music, eh? And when we come back, I need to talk to you about something else. We need to talk about Lazarus. We need to talk about Lazarus Newman.
Lazarus Newman. Lad, 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 Lazarus Newman. We need to talk about Lazarus. Lazarus Newman. We need to talk. Lad, 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 Lazarus Newman. Lazarus Newman. Lazarus Newman. 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 Lad, 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 Newman. Newman. Talk Newman. Talk Newman. Lad, 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 Newman. Newman. Lad, 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 Newman. Newman. This wasn't just for my own entertainment anymore. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? Lazarus Newman. Lad, 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 Newman, 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 Newman.
Now, here's something very exciting, folks. We've had an audio submission from a listener. This is Matt with a question for the guru. Hi there. Um, hi there. My name is Matt. A uh, big fan of yours. Thank you for taking my question. I, I've, I've had a problem for a couple of years now, and, and I haven't really told a lot of people about it. And I was, I was kind of hoping you might be able to help me out here. Um, 
Well, I, it, it's it's tricky. I, I apologize for my, my hesitance here. It's it's a bit revealing, I guess. But I, I suppose to to really address the question that I need help with today, the the thing that I I need your assistance with, the the, the trauma and difficulty that I struggle with, the the error within my finely tuned life, the the putting inside of my cup of water, so to speak. I have a mole on, on my head under the hair and nobody notices it, nobody can see it, and nobody knows it's there but me. And I never notice it except when I rub the top of my head and then I feel a little bump on my scalp. And I just kind of want to know what do you think I should do about that? Um, also, kind of a, a minor question. Uh, cancer runs in my family, and I haven't been to the doctor yet. Any thoughts there? Thanks. Oh, you know what? Thanks for getting in touch, Matt. And let me assure you, you have nothing to worry about. This sounds like the kind of paranoid thought that can easily unsettle a person for no good reason. So chill out. Try a bit of meditation. I'll tell you what's been proven to be very good for relaxation. Tobacco. Any kind of tobacco product you like. Cigarettes, cigars are very good. Or you can smoke a pipe. Just an idea. Once again, thanks for getting in touch. Now, I hope you don't think I'm contradicting myself based on the views I expressed on the use of tobacco products in the last episode I presented. Now, it's true that our sponsor pipe smokers rule okay weren't too happy with those views and it's also true that i assured our sponsors that i would not be repeating those views again provided that they continue to give so generously to the upkeep of this show speaking of which this edition is indeed once again sponsored by pipe smokers rule okay an international network of pipe smoking communities look them up online strictly no vapors or crack cocaine users Pipe Smokers Rule OK is a community of tobacco smokers. Good, old, honest, harmless, decent, delicious tobacco. Smoke to your heart and indeed your lungs content because I believe that any medical testing which would appear to prove that smoking tobacco products is detrimental to a person's health is little more than fake news, ladies and gentlemen. Fake news. Go on. Take up smoking. What could po- what could possibly go wrong? Shout out to John. I'm on to you, John. But that's okay. Just to be clear, this is the John that I know in the real world, in personal life. And um, I'm sure he's listening to this podcast, even though he hasn't mentioned to me that he has. Because I'm on to him, I know that he is. And once again, let me say, John, it's okay. Absolutely fine. You carry on doing what you're doing. I won't tell anyone. I don't need to. Neither do you. I hope this isn't going to be, you know, my admission on this podcast isn't going to be, you know, somehow detrimental to your career or the you know your secret career not the one that you pretend to have but your actual career but 
just wanted to let you know that I know and let you know that all is well as far as I'm concerned. See you next Wednesday, John. Shall I tell you what Lazarus is up to at the moment, folks? He's been a bit quiet lately, hasn't he? Hasn't piped up with any unnecessary critiques of things Frank Burton may or may not have said. I'll tell you what Lazarus is doing right now. He's writing a book. Now, I'm fully aware that Lazarus Newman is an imaginary character that I invented, and strictly speaking, he only exists in my head. I do know that. But lately he's got a little out of control. He's doing things that I wouldn't have imagined him doing. Things I haven't just thought up myself. So to all intents and purposes, he's an independent being who lives inside me. And I was fine with that for a while. I invented him, after all. He was my idea of what a better me could be. But as he's evolved over the last few months, I've come to realise he isn't a better me. He's a nasty piece of work. He thinks very highly of himself. And perhaps that's my fault for creating him in that way, for bestowing upon him the title of greatest man who ever lived. So he's writing a book. And I can't help thinking he's doing it just to prove a point. Or maybe even out of jealousy, because I continue to publish my books under the name Frank Burton instead of using his stupid and it is a stupid name I realise that now Lazarus Newman is a stupid name you know what genre he's writing in right it's uh, non-fiction of sorts self-help the arrogance of this man I know I call myself the guru and everything but I also acknowledge that my words of wisdom may just be little more than guesswork but when Lazarus claims to be a guru, he's deadly serious about it. Let's have a little look at some of the claptrap he's coming out with. Look at this. Be the best you can be. Don't feel bad about making mistakes. Learn from those mistakes and allow that learning to make you into a better person, just like I did. Then he goes into this partially accurate account of the old me versus the new me. This is all forgivable stuff, I suppose, until he brings up 
Eduardo. Remember Eduardo, listeners? He was the guy who kind of misinterpreted something I said once, which apparently prompted him to become addicted to crack cocaine. That's a funny old thing. Why does crack cocaine keep coming up in conversation at the moment? That's weird. Anyway, so Lazarus's story goes that he was moved to act to save Eduardo from the grips of his addiction. He put the guru on strike until Eduardo agreed to see the error of his ways. And then, boom, success. Eduardo wrote in to let us all know that he'd kicked the habit. And Lazarus claims this as some kind of victory for his thesis. Aside from the fact that he had nothing to do with it. Lazarus Newman did not exist at this time. It was my victory. It was my moral choice. All this, the old me would have done this or that. That theory falls apart when it comes to Eduardo. And I'm sure there are plenty more examples because life is far more complicated than that. What do you got to say for yourself, Lazarus? What have you got to say? Uh, pretending to be asleep. That's very mature. Very mature, Lazarus. You're certainly a new man. Lazarus Newman, ladies and gentlemen. Lazarus Newman. Better watch yourself, Lazarus. That's all I'm saying. Watch yourself. Facebook page, folks, is uh, Ragbag Podcasts. My Twitter handle is Ragbag Frank. Website address frankburton.co.uk. Buy my two books. One's called A History of Sarcasm. The other one's called 100. They're both very, very good. My name is Frank Burton. Look me up. Oh, and by the way, I just thought I'd mention, once you've finished listening to this, go and listen to The Matt Hocker Show. It's another podcast. If you like Ragbag, you will absolutely love The Matt Hocker Show. Absolutely love it. Check it out.
Thank you for listening. Watch out for the next episode. It is going to be a really good one because my very special guest will be, once again, Mr. Benedict Cumberbatch. There's a twist, of course. There's always a twist with that guy, isn't there? What else? 
Um, buy my oh, I've mentioned the books already. I'll mention them again. What the hell? Buy my books, History of Sarcasm and 100 from Amazon. Audiobook versions from Bandcamp. Come on. Details, frankburton.co.uk. Also, listen to the Matt Hocker Show. I know I've said that before, but do it. Matt Hocker. Remember the name. Bye. Podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.